right, all right, ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back over the bridge podcast season forever. What episode is this now? I, I don't even know. It's just season forever. Man. I think oh, so. <laughs> that was that was just episode. We just we, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the so previous episode, episode was episode fifty. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll clap, clap <laughs> yourself. Yeah, we did fifty episodes. This is episode fifty-one. Fifty-one. We should have done it about aliens this time, innit? Area fifty-one episode. 51. Ah, no, relax, relax. Your conspiracy theory, all of that. Auto <laughs> running in area fifty-one, all of that. Please. We should do an episode about aliens, but we're not. That's not today. We're not doing. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Always with the extraterrestrial stuff. But um, yeah, I'm very, very glad to be in the studio today with, with uh, again, three out of four uh, podcast uh, brothers here. Uh, boys, please introduce yourselves, please. We have in the building. Yo, yo, yo. Clerk in the building, we're scanning everyone. Dapper chocolates. Dap- oh, well, I just plug it. Mr. Willy Wonka, week. plug it, plug it, man. Dapper chocolates, dapperchocolates.co.uk. Get your orders in. Christmas coming up. You yeah. got a batch yeah, back, man. yeah? Yeah, we're back, we're back. You got, got another plug. You did the re-up, yeah? Yeah, the, the re-up's coming soon. The re-up's coming soon. This show gave him a couple bricks yeah. still. Nah, like 20 bricks. Oh, Mum's been asking for them, man. Mum's auntie's been asking for, for bricks, man. Oh, I need to need to re-up and no, get, Christmas, a, get a new I'll, batch. Christmas, I'll pattern everyone up. But, um, yeah. yeah. That free knows. chocolate special, yeah? We do a giveaway for the- White, for the, white and hey, dark and that the reminds thing, me. Yeah? Mailing list, yeah? Sign up for the mailing list. I've been putting- which mailing list? Yeah, which OGB, mailing list? The Dapper Chocolates? Or no, for... no, no. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, the Over the Bridge <laughs> mailing list because we're going to be doing like giveaways on that. And it's just really good for us to get an idea of who our audience is. We, yeah, man. We, we know that we have people from those different backgrounds. Let me cater ages. to you. That's what Baby, it is. Baby, this is your day. But well, Patrick, you're the singer now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't follow you. <laughs> okay. okay. We want to cater to our listeners, you know? <laughs> you get me. And we'll do giveaways. Dapper Chocolate giveaways definitely en route. Um, so yeah, man. What are you saying, Patrick? I'm good, man. Patrick, uh, aka P Money, aka I don't even know. P Dinero. Yeah, P I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, this week has been interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Busy doing stuff, uh, side projects. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. I'll talk a bit more about that when they start to materialize, but. Yeah, just keeping busy. Got stuff brewing, yeah. Yeah, a few things got cooking you, in the got, kitchen. Got you. Nice. Yeah, and then yeah, man. If you if you listen to the last um, episode that we put out, we had two very wonderful guests in the building, um, and they're still with us today. So, ladies, please gang introduce gang. yourself. Gang, please gang. go ahead, roll through. Gone. Um, Yasin from Home Girls. <laughs> you're <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> like, Yo, and Chuck Bowl, and Chuck You have to plug your ventures, <laughs> man. Come on, man. Yeah. I reintroduce myself, <laughs> yeah. Yasin, Chopwell, and Homegirl Unite. Come, Hannah, Homegirl Unite, and documentary maker. I wanted to ask last time as well, what were your kind of favourite, like, growing up, what were your favourite documentaries, like, watching, like, Ooh. growing up? Oh, that's hard. It was, like, all the natural history unit stuff. David Attenborough and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, man. I remember watching Humans. Human Planet, oh, Human yeah, Planet, yeah, 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 yeah. and I remember that? staying up to Who watch that, that. It was, um, I think it was. That was Amber, no? yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and then I ended up working in the natural history unit wow. and hated really? it. <laughs> I was oh, like, "What you bitches? I'm mad." But um, <laughs> no. and then I got to like watch, see like a lot of the rushes and stuff that wasn't used in Human Planet. And I just used to sit there for days, like take, putting the tapes in and just watch it. It was mad. Wow, yeah, a really mad. surreal Where, experience. That was at BBC. Yeah, in Bristol. Martin. Martin, yeah. man. So that was, was an experience, to Martin. say the least. But yeah. Wow. And and a lot of crime stuff. Oh, yes. 
I love them crime teams. They, they got to me. I, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't be watching that man. Oh, I love it. Because <laughs> I used to. I used to think of what's it? What's that BBC thing? Um, crime Watch. Oh my god, oh, Crime Watch crime was not a documentary, scary. but it was. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. 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 Documentary. They weren't scary, bro. That's what you're talking about, man. Your doorstep in it. Oh, that could be. I was like, bro, I know that road. No. Yeah. I was scared watching Crime Watch, man. I never really. Yeah, it didn't scare me either. It's mad, isn't it? I love crime. Like, crime. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yes, yes. Some career no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I did criminologies as well with my undergrad. So, in that sense, okay. not committing crime. I was going to say, what you have in your food? <laughs> <laughs> she said food, yeah, but she didn't say what kind of food. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no. mad. So. <laughs> You guys are mad. But so today we're gonna we're gonna um I guess follow on a little bit from what we were talking about in the last podcast, which is very interesting in terms of the relationship between being the eldest um, you know, female sibling in a, in the context of an immigrant family, um, and kind of the, the various dynamics there. And this time we're just gonna move it on and talk about the kind of intersectionalities. Um that, you know, some of these women face uh, being here in the UK in terms of uh, gender, in terms of religion, in terms of race, various, various things. We mm-hmm. like we like trying to unpack these things. Um, I think we're quite good at it. We can always do with more time, but in the time that we have, I think we try and do a, a decent job and, and, and we're here with very, very, I feel anyway, qualified speakers to, to get into that. So if we could... Um, so today I mean, we're speaking specifically about what? It's yeah. like the... Being, being what it is to be a black, black female Muslim, female Muslim in, this country. in this country. Yeah, okay. so I was getting to let me be. Let me be <laughs> come on, man. I was <laughs> all right, sense, man. Man, man. trying to do this thing, be nice, sharp, man. my friend. So, so you know, a wonderful esteemed guest. If you could just just talk about that, because I was gonna say, can you talk about your background? But Patrick's already kind of <laughs> oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. You let the cat out the bag, but he's already done that. But if you could just kind of talk about that, and then we'll just see where it goes on from there. So, over to you, please. So my experience as a black Muslim woman in England, I like, I think I only, my whole experience is like in the house. So how my parents treated me because um, I don't wear the hijab. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm black. So looking at me on the streets, none of you probably would know I'm Muslim mm-hmm. on, unless I said so. And unless um, you're Muslim yourself and you knew my name. So I never really got any, let's say, stereotype or discrimination mm-hmm. from... Um, based on your religion. Based on my religion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mainly because people didn't know. And I don't <laughs> think people really... I feel, especially in this country, people don't really match black women and mm. Islam together. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. always, um, I think the typical Muslim for them is like an Asian hijabi. Um, that's what they put together. Mm. I remember telling someone that I was Muslim and she was like, oh, prove it. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. that, was that person Muslim as well? or they were, No, oh. they weren't. They were like, you're not Muslim. Like, look at you. You've got short hair. You've got this. You've got that. And then um, I'm thinking, I don't need to prove anything to you. Mm. Like, I'm Muslim. I was born Muslim, etc. And a lot of the time also, even if I tell, even if they do believe I'm Muslim, they're like, did you convert? Or mm. like, mm. so they don't really, I don't think they, I think Muslim women in um, British society are quite 
mm. put on the side, mm-hmm. we're not like they don't, we're not represented enough. Mm. Everyone always seems to like put us on the side and think, or oh, maybe we're not like believed when we say mm. we're Muslim. Because mm. I remember, um, you uh, there's a chocolate shop in Bricklane. I think it's Dark Sugar. Oh, dark, dark sugar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, um, we went there. And me and a friend And she was She's Muslim as well But she wears the hijab mm-hmm. She's black Muslim I don't wear the hijab mm. And they gave us some chocolate It had alcohol in it So they gave it to me I ate it um, And then they didn't give it to her She was like oh. Can I have some? They were like Oh no it has alcohol in oh, it no. So after I ate I was like Oh no Like I can't <laughs> <laughs> I was like I can't eat that Because I'm Muslim as well She's like really? I'm like yeah. Okay, maybe okay, you should have asked or mm. something. Mm. So in that sense, so surely they should ask anyone. Yeah, yeah, like maybe, maybe you're allergic or something, yeah. like yeah. Um, for those reasons. Recovering alcoholics. <laughs> you just need to ask those questions and be like, you're recovering alcoholics. Basically, is there anything you don't eat? That's yeah, yeah that's like that you you'd think so, basics. but I think they just assumed and mm. then and after that I just kind of stopped. Taking free food, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it, those are the kind of things I yeah. would say. Mm. With my experience, I don't really get. I don't know what Hannah how mm. how because you grew up wearing the hijab, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. a long Can time. Can I be cheeky real quick? Okay. A dapper chocolates will never. Shameless. You know the next thing I want to hear from you. The next thing I want to hear from you, yeah, is. This podcast is sponsored by <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the next thing, man. Hey, Raph, I'm talking to you, you know. Like, I'm talk- I know my boy is just a master chocolatier, you know. So, Raph, I'm talking to you, man. Hit us up, man. <laughs> Big up Raph, though, innit? Bring up yeah. the whole family. Innit? Sorry to cut your family. Go ahead. Yeah, no, so I grew up wearing the hijab. And it's, it's, it's tricky, you know. Like, it's, it's very messy. Like, from primary school... My parents were like, oh, yeah, you need to wear the hijab and whatever. Um, and I remember just being like, why? Like, it's just weird. And then they, well, it was not weird, but like young, when you're young, and then like, no one else is wearing it. And I grew up in like a part of South London where the only other immigrants really were like Somalis. Well, there were a couple of Somalis, like it was a handful, a couple of Asians, but everyone knew each other in it. So mm. it was just kind of like, you're not white. Like, we're going to stick together, everyone else. So um, it was just... It was a weird one. And then they started sending me and my brother to madrasa. And it was like a Pakistani madrasa. These lot didn't even speak English. So we ended up picking up Urdu more than we were learning anything about <laughs> the yeah, team. Like, Could you um, just explain what a madrasa is? Because, you know. Yeah, so it's, like, know. it's like a Quran school, but it's like a majority Asian. So they call it madrasa. Mm. In Somali, it's called Malamad. Some people say Duxi for Somali as well. Um, but we ended up going to a madrasa. And I remember it was like, Alif Zabar Ado Zabar, like just blood and bare Urdu. And I remember they used to cuss us in mm-hmm. Urdu, thinking that we didn't understand. And I'm like, bro, you, you're saying my name and then you're shouting all angry. Like, I know you're cussing me. Like, I may be young, <laughs> but like, I understand. So I think I felt a lot of kind of, res- like, ten- it was just weird. And it was like, you're always of it. And it was weird because you, you, they were teaching and be like, oh, you know, the deans were open and inclusive and like anybody can, and the prophet was, that peace be upon him was like for everyone and and God loves everyone. And then it's like, what, why are you trying to shit about me? Like, yeah. so I, I remember crying this one. I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And my mom put us into a Somali one. 
And then that was just like a different experience because it was like, like in the madrasa they would like hit you or whatever, but it was like a little tap in the Somali word. I was like, right, this is abuse. Like, yeah. <laughs> they would be coming up with some next methods and be like, oh, you need to crouch here and do this. And it was just like, right, okay, <laughs> this ain't it either. So I think I kind of moved away from it for a while. And then when I was 18, I went to a, a roadside to Islam event. <laughs> And if you know, like, Rita, there's like, there's like, it's a guy, he's, I think he's Gambian, isn't it? Is it? Oh, Abu Bakr. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think he's Gambian. Um, but he started like a whole like YouTube movement and he was like doing shows. And so he, they had an event. And I remember going to the event and my cousin was like, oh, just calm, it'd be cool. And we went with our jeans and stuff and whatever. And then we got there, everyone was like blacked up, niqabis, like everything. And I was like, oh my God, love them, where did you bring us? I remember just being like, oh, what the hell? And everyone was just staring at us. I went to the event anyway. It was at one of the universities. We were chilling. And then it was like, you're going to die one day. And I was like, what? (laughs) Death? It was like, it was just a weird experience. And it was like, after leaving that, I was like, do you know what? I actually need to take this seriously. Yeah. So I started reading it myself and practicing it myself. And then I chose to like put the hijab on properly. And then went from the hijab to the abaya. And then the abaya became gradually more loose. And it was just like a muscle. (laughs) <laughs> I just it was just loose. And I remember my mum being like, she took me shopping one day. She's like, oh, how about this shirt? And I was like, yeah, but I'm, no one's going to see it. And she was like, oh, you're going to be wearing a buy like permanently. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, and I remember that was like a shock for her as well because she was like, but your safety, like, because I was traveling to uni then and I was taking the underground and she was hearing these stories about women like being abused and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mama, listen, and it kind of works in my favor. No one comes near me, <laughs> like genuinely. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because sitting two seats away is going to help you if I was to explode. Like it doesn't, I'm like, guys, you need to think logically, yeah? So it was just, she was, I remember her being like on edge. And then when I started going out and being, I, I started getting it. It was a lot. Mm. And then I remember like, so, so I did my undergrad at SOAS. <coughs> and SOAS was like a little safe space. Like it's like a little bubble. Yeah, limo no, yeah, no one's bubble, questioning yeah, yeah. you. There's the prayer room. I used to do my thing, whatever. And I remember getting on the tube home and people would be like, oh, fucking Muslim, fucking this, fucking that. I remember once I'm getting fucking Muslim Somali and I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, here we go. Like, <laughs> getting it like, like, like genuinely like, <laughs> what else? Like, yeah. So it was a lot. And then, um, and people just treating you anyhow. And like, people assume you don't speak English. I was like, what? Like, I remember, and then when I went to do my master's, I was still wearing the hijab at that point, but I wasn't wearing that abaya. And the lady was like, oh, are you here on a visa? I was like, no. <laughs> From down the road, like whatever. She asked me three times. And I was like, my British passport's here. Yeah. And she couldn't compute that. Like, it was like, okay, you're Muslim and you're back. It was just a weird kind of, mix and people just didn't get it and mm. then you'd go to the mosques and if it was like an Asian majority one people wouldn't really talk to you people wouldn't really like engage with you or it was like even praying when you're praying you're meant to put foot to foot and like close the gaps people would be shifting from me and I'm like bro we're in the house of God like we're praying in the same direction to the same like what why are you moving like why are you shifting and I remember just being really hurt by that and being like okay this is not safe like people can just go her like go to the mosque and be like oh, I can chill in the mosque and I can do this and that but yeah so it was just it was an experience because it was you'd go to these Asian majority mosques and you wouldn't feel really safe because obviously you're black and it, the, you're like alienated yeah. from both sides because you think oh I'm gonna be with fellow Muslims 
and then they're like, don't want you. Mm. And then you go to um, general society and they don't want you. Mm. So the only place you can really be Muslim and happy is like in your house. Mm -hmm. And Mm. um, I think that's kind of, you know how, um, I don't know, in like sociology, there's a quote where it says, um, believing without belonging and belonging without believing Mm. in the sense that just because you go to the mosque or church doesn't mean you're religious. And just because you Mm. pray at home doesn't mean you're not religious. Mm. So I think um, when I turned like 21, 22, I started taking religion more seriously. Mm. I don't really go to the mosque because I feel like in London, it's quite hard. Um, There's not really any mosques close to me. And whereabouts in London do you live? I live in South London, right. um, so around Forest Hill. Okay. So I think there's, there's a, a lot mo- of men only. Yeah, so there's yeah. like penge mocks, which is just men. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it's okay. just for mm-hmm. men. So women can't really go and pray. Whereas like back home, if I wanted to pray, every, you can just walk down the road and there's a mosque in every mm-hmm. corner. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when I like, I started praying home. So Every time I pray, like I, I, my housemates are white British. Mm-hmm. When I come out with my prayer attire, they're like, <laughs> where are you going? You look so nice. They're like shocked. They're like, are you going to a wedding? I'm like, no, I'm just praying. Like, wow. Like they're really shocked. So I can imagine like, I've never worn the hijab or um, mm. gone out dressed in abaya unless it's like Eid or something. Mm. So I can't imagine going out every day and getting that. Mm. Um, people looking at you and like taunting you or like saying yeah. things. And even um, with my prayer app on the train, <laughs> every time it goes off, I get really nervous because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to think like something's going to happen because mm. it's quite loud. What's the alert like? Um, it's like... Um, call to prayer. Yeah, yeah, the call to prayer. Okay. So, what is that actually like the singing as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> like it's really loud and I get really nervous, especially when I'm on... I don't really often use underground often, but when I'm underground and it goes off, I'm like, oh God, here like here we go. Allah. so it's like all these are like the little things that you have to think about when you're going out like is my phone on silence is my Mm. like am I okay to be in this place like if I wear the hijab am I gonna be like looked at differently Mm. so I think it's it's really hard and I just I find that people a lot of people think Muslim women are oppressed. Mm. That's always the narrative I get. Like, <sighs> you know, again. there are there are women that want to wear the hijab. Yeah. The women that actually, this is their choice. Mm. Um, Hannah, I know you said you were asked to do it. Um, and I know at a young age. Yeah. yeah, and I know that your sister doesn't now. No. So what's the, what happened there? I think my dad just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always kind of come, I don't know. I remember when I did take it off, I was living in Bristol and I decided to stop wearing the hijab. And then when I was coming back home, my mom used to be like, oh, please just put it on to your dad doesn't know. Yeah. I remember her saying, and I was just like, at first it was like, okay, you know, try to keep the peace. But afterwards it was like, why? why? Like, I'm not wearing it for him. If I was going to wear it, I'll wear it for God. Like, it's not about him. And then he's the one who asked me, because normally when I wear the hijab, like my hair's plaited and it's like down. And then I'll be like in the house, my hair's out and curly. And he's like, Hannah, did you stop wearing the hijab? It's just outright. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. 
I walked away and I was like, raw. So you your heart was beating hard. Genuinely. <laughs> and he was like, okay. I walked into his room. It's and I was like, yeah. It's, like, it's everything okay. There's no compulsion in religion. It says that time and time again. Like, and it's like, like you you can't force someone because it's, you're not, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. And then it was, but for me, it was, it was a big thing because I didn't want people to stop relating to me in certain ways. Because I feel like, okay, there's all the the hardship that comes. But also people just kind of stop coming to you with nonsense. Yeah. But I feel like after, mm. so working in like corporate spaces or like in the British society as a whole, alcohol is a massive thing. Yeah. And mm. I'll be like, I don't drink. And I'll be like, what, why? Mm. But why? And I'm like, because I'm Muslim. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you were Muslim. And it's like... What? Now like, you do. Now you do. So stop putting alcohol in my face. Or yeah. like, they'll be like, oh, we're all going to the pub after work. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel comfortable going into a pub because, especially being black as well, like, you, I don't. It was a lot of the times it was outside of London. Mm. And it was like, anytime we was going on a shoot, we're filming places. I remember we were filming in Devon one time. Mm. And they were like, oh, we're going to have a pub lunch. I was like, mm, don't know about that. Don't know about that mm. one. Like, it's such a me. fundamental part of British culture, you know, just, like. Yeah. And I think if you, if, if going to the pub is not part of, you know, the culture that you've grown up with, it's like... It's scary. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's genuinely Because it's, there's like such a big disconnect. Like yeah. people just, oh yeah, the pub. And when I grew up, like my my parents and my grandparents, like they still think, or at least they used to think of the pub as like this debaucherous place. So yeah. going to the pub was never... And I think also, obviously, obviously there's a race element as mm-hmm. well. When they was growing up or when they were coming up in the 60s and 70s, them places they... It was not a welcome place for black At people. All. So that's in their mind all the time. So when I'm, I was growing up, it was like, never like, when, like, I remember the first time I said, oh yeah, I'm going to the pub with my friends. And I was like 18 or 19 or something. Are you mad? And my dad was like, you're going where? <laughs> yeah. He was more like, who are you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, bro, is it that deep? But if, yeah. you, if you think about like the history of, you know, black people occupying spaces in this country. Yeah. It makes sense as to why, you know, like, mm-hmm. even if, you know, because we drink, like, West Indian people, a lot of us drink, we like our rum and whatever. So it's not even that, it's just, yeah. Actual but I swear you get more West Indians going to pubs than Africans more time. I think it's because West Indians have been here yeah, longer. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah. for us, it was, because it wasn't easy back in the day, but it's yeah, like, yeah. you know how you get like, I always say East London black people are slightly different. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I can, yeah. We know true. how to. Because all you're saying about pub is because for me, like I've I've even, I've been going to the pub with my dad since I was a kid, not mm. drinking alcohol, but that whole pub yeah, lunch. Yeah, but it's and, part of the. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get to like fourteen. Oh, do you want a little bit of shandy or something, mm. or do you mm. want something? And then when I got to eighteen, full blown drinking with <laughs> yeah, my dad yeah, and yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I've always been mm. with him anyway. Yeah. By myself is a little bit different. Yeah. I've gone to some hairy pubs and that, but with him. <laughs> I've always been comfortable going to a pub, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But I think you make a good point about that. Another, that whole like East London kind of being black mm. and there's a, there's a, there's a kind of nuance there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, mm. like we, there's a way that we kind of came up to, like we know how to sort of put on put a on kind the of cockney thing, isn't it? Yeah. If we need to. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though, you know, it's true. It's true. I remember it's when I used to work at Arsenal football ground and he used to just come out, like when I was, because I used to sell programs. Yeah. 
So suddenly I'm saying like five pound and like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. one, nice one. I'm like, where did Sweet. that come from? <laughs> Sweet yeah. as a nut, mate. Yeah. No, but for, for me, like it was like South <clears throat> and I grew up near the Crystal Palace Stadium, innit? Oh, Southhurst so Park? Yeah. So that place can get rowdy sometimes. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that place if there was a game, rowdy, yeah. like, I'm not going out, let alone yeah, yeah, walking yeah, by the yeah, pub, yeah, are you done? That's just, you're asking for it. Yeah, like what? But have you seen them small, can I just say, you see them smaller football clubs around London, yeah? Yeah, so Selhurst Park, um, Loftus Road, mm. um, which is QPR, Millwall. What's um, Millwall called? We don't even. I don't even want to mention that know. that place is the Den. That's the where den. that's yeah, uh, yeah, in Bermondsey. What was Charlton's place called again? Uh, the um, Valley. The Del. Oh, the Valley. Oh, the, the valley. old one was the Valley, in it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, them places can get so it's rowdy tiny. as well because yeah. they're a little bit. Because Selhurst Park is a little bit small, same as Loftus it's like Road. Like a little cauldron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. actually can get mad. Um, yeah. So it's like stuff like that. Growing up with that, you think I'm just going to walk into a pub like no? And then at work, I remember that Devon when we walked in, mm. everyone stopped and mm. just turned around mm. and just watched me. And then for the hour that we were sitting in there, they were just watching me eat. Mm. And I was like, raw, yeah. like you get that. I had that one time going up to. I was meeting a friend in in Woolwich, mm. and I, I think I've said this one before. I went to. I, I walked into a pub. And it was a it was a Charlton pub because you could clearly see like the Charlton <laughs> shirts that people mm. just I got in it. You no could tell it was a supporters. traditional. You could tell it was a, like a really like traditional old yeah. pub. Yeah. I got in there, looked just just all eyes just simultaneously Whoop, just yeah. turned, and I was like, uh, "It's uh, the wrong pub." So I went to the Spoons, and then it was. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of I can see where you're coming from. This thing though about um like occupying space as a black person, not necessarily as a Muslim person. So I don't want to dwell on it too long, mm. but I remember um. Uh, so one of my housemates, they're Italian, and they was asking, because we live off, um, we live in Seven Sisters off West Green Road, and that's basically like mini Jamaica, but then- Yeah, that's Bear yard Con- blood. It's, yeah, yeah, Bear Congolese, like, it's it's, it's a lively Mix, road, like, because yeah. yeah. most of the people on that road are immigrants. Mm. Things don't close at normal hours. So you're coming <laughs> home at 3 a.m. and people are just chilling out on the street, mm. which I like, I like that. Um but she always used to be like, oh, why do why do the barbershops open at like midnight and stay open until like, because the barbershop on my road does. And like, why do people just chill all day it's in the barbershop? It's a safe space, my G. And I had, to, I had to explain, like, at first I was like, yeah, people that just chill in barbershops all day are bums. But then at the same time. <laughs> barbershop Chronicles, man. But, yeah, I haven't even seen that, but. It's really good. You know, really you, good. You, you know you always get that guy that's in the barbershop all the time. You're like, yeah, bro, yeah, what yeah, do you do yeah, with your yeah, life? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, look, like we didn't, we public houses were not, for people like us. So mm. where people used to go, when people used to go to the pub and relax and chill and all that stuff, we didn't have that. So we had to create our own safe spaces. Barbershop, innit, man? And, and it had to be like under the pretext of it not being like organizing to do something. Because yeah, yeah. when black people are together, it's automatically yeah. suspicious. So yeah. a barbershop, people have to go, yeah, your hair must cut. So... Can't, no, do, can't do a form What's but, it 596 In a barbershop now, can you? What <laughs> stupid form is yeah, exactly. you know? So, but, yeah, so yeah. that's, yeah. We have like these kind of things that have come up because we didn't have any other choice. Like we didn't, like going to the pub is still quite an alien concept for a lot of us still. That's true. Mm-hmm. That but yeah, I want to focus on um, your experiences. Yeah, but, but I think it's just, it goes back to what Yasin was saying, where your house becomes the only safe space yeah. really. Mm-hmm. But then, so it was like aid and stuff or like just trying to organize. I used to do a lot of stuff with the Somali community um, mm-hmm. in the Bromley area as well. Mm-hmm. And we just used to hold events for like the young women because the boys had football and they yeah. were like doing stuff. And yeah. it was like, I remember I used to love football. My dad was like, you can't play football. You're a girl. You can't like, what are people going to say? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and learning, I wanted to learn to play the oud, like the, the 
the Lou, I think it's called. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is really big in Somali music as well. And my dad's like, no, you know, only guys play that and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So all the boys had all these things going on and they always had these activities. Mm. But there was nothing for the girls. Yeah. So I used to just tell them to come around like mm. on a certain day in the evening. We'd just come. And everyone would like bring a dish and we'd just chill. And it was nice because we could be as loud as we want. We could say what we wanted without people watching us. Because yeah. it's like, if it's not within the communities, like outside the communities, all this like respectability politics where, mm. you know, as a Muslim woman, you need to say please and thank you and be extra polite so people don't get scared of you and blah, blah, blah. And when I was younger, it was like, okay, I'll do that. But afterwards, it was like, no matter what I do, yeah. you're not going to see yeah, yeah, You're not going to yeah. see my humanity. So why am I bending over backwards? Yeah. But it was only like after certain, like a number of years of being like, okay, do you know yeah. what? This is not working. This ain't it. Mm. But then within the house as well is all this kind of nonsense that comes along where it was like, oh, you know, I used to play netball and they used to be like, oh, you know, how are you playing netball? And I was like, I still got my hijab on, like, leave me alone. And then it was, I just used to do a lot of sports because mm. it mm. was like a reason to stay out of the house. Like mm. it was cool. It was and you're fun. a sporty person. Yeah, I just enjoyed it. Like basketball, <laughs> yeah. I was in the basketball team, I was in the netball team, rounders team, any team. But I wasn't allowed to do wrestling. And that was the one that I wanted to do. Like, <laughs> I loved wrestling. I loved watching it. And I just wanted to wrestle, but I couldn't do wrestling. So it was like, because, you know, guys would be touching you or like it's physical contact in a different way. Mm. So it was just, you're, you're constantly like told you can't do this, you can't mm. do that, you mm. know, as a woman, as a Muslim woman, as a mm. black woman, you know. Mm. And it's, it's the same things that other black women will face about like, you know, the loud black woman, the angry black woman, like you have to be this, you have to be that. But then on top of that is like, um, as a Muslim woman, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. Like, so many do's and don'ts. And it's I feel like that's why it's so important as, as women that we learn the religion for ourselves. Mm. So many times people have mm. been like, oh, this is haram and this is that. And I'm like, when I actually go back to it and I learn it and I ask questions, it's like, I don't know where you got haram mm. from. <laughs> like, That's the thing. Because it doesn't when, suit you probably. Yeah. No, it's when, I think, when culture and religion mix. So when when there's certain cultural things and expectations, religion is used as the guy's full saying, 100%. you can't do this or you mm. have to right. do this. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's essentially the idea that it's not us saying you can't do it. God's saying you can't do mm -hmm. this. Do you get me? Right, and then you can't question that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. And it, and I think it's very different when I go back to like Somalia and stuff and the women there, like they wear the hijab. I remember being like, I haven't seen any of you pray. And it was just weird because it mm -hmm. was like, you guys are always getting at me and be like, oh, look at these lot. They're so lost, the ones in the West. So I remember even someone saying to me, um, the the word for like foreigners qurbachoga so like they're living in foreign lands and someone would be like no you lot are like you're laying down like you guys are just useless like just cussing yeah and I just be like wait but I'm I'm actively learning I'm trying to pray I'm doing all of this mm. just because I don't wear the hijab you're just making all these assumptions mm -hmm. whereas you I remember I'll be sitting on the bus I used to like taking the bus when I was there you just see a lot more and then a woman would be fine and then all of a sudden she put a niqab on I used to be like, but bruv, you've been like five stops and you've not been wearing your niqab. Like, <laughs> why are you wearing your niqab on? And she was like, oh, there's someone that I didn't want to see. So I was like, wait, so like, you're not even wearing it for like That's the right pur purposes. Like, yeah. And it was so wild to me because mm. it was just growing up, that was like the pinnacle of religion. And it's like, oh, you know, the women were well, like, home, home. this. Mm. Yeah. And Do you feel like, like as um, 
women in the West, you're sort of put under more scrutiny because it's like by association mm-hmm. of being in the West, you're obviously not mm-hmm. gonna be like on your dean as mm-hmm. much as everybody else and right to, to, Yeah. And you're like People make like it was just say certain things. I remember one guy back home being like, "Oh yeah, I heard women in the West are easy," mm. and he was like, "That's that was his way of like trying to chat to us." And it was like we started throwing stones at him. There was a group <laughs> of us, like genuinely, my sister's my sister's rowdy as well. Like it was just, mm. there was a group of us mm. who went from here. And we was there, and he said that, and we started stoning him. He was like, "Oh my god, like." Oh, sorry, I didn't know that that would offend you. And it was just like what? But it was just this assumption mm. that oh, okay, you you grew up in the West, like you wear what you want, you sleep mm. around, you do mm. this. And mm. like, and it makes you feel really icky. And sometimes you feel like you have to prove yourself. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, haram, yeah. I can't do that. There was one, one other thing that I wanted to ask, um, specifically about how the sort of climate is in the UK at the moment. Um, what are your sort of, your biggest concerns at the moment as black Muslim women, mm. like things being the way they are, um, you know, there's a very sort of hostile um, environment towards people of color, um, immigrants and obviously Islam. Like, what are your sort of sort of biggest concerns and worries right now? And like, what do you want people that don't know what it's like being a Black Muslim woman woman to know how it feels to be one at at the moment, given what's going on? Mm. I think I would say um, people should stop making assumptions. Mm. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest problems that. Um... Don't assume because <laughs> I'm so good. At that. I'm singing again. <laughs> I see you swaying. <laughs> I think um, (laughs) (laughs) still karaoke. (laughs) Seeing like how things have been, because there was a time where there was Muslim hijabi women were getting pushed in front of the trains, Mm. like when the when the underground was coming. So Mm. when things like that happen, and then my family lives in Yorkshire, and then automatically like, oh my god, you what you? It's in London. Like, are you okay? The yellow line. Yeah. So I think things like that, even today when I was coming here, mm. I I made sure I was on the mm. wall, mm. like mm. just till the train passed and mm. I'll come out and stand there. Yeah. And it makes you like just really cautious of mm. everything around you, not just in terms of Muslim women, but in terms of being black. Mm. Mm. I was on the bus the other day, some kids trying to, trying to get on, they didn't have an Oyster card and the bus driver refused to open the door. He mm. was black. It was in Peckham. And then they like started banging the door. The bus driver got off the bus. Mm. We like, the whole bus was screaming like, get on the bus. What are you Man's doing? Like, It's a different breed of bus driver. <laughs> 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 when I was coming up, bus drivers weren't getting out of that thing for nothing. He was like, come, come, come here, come here. We're like, what are you doing? Like, they can beat you up and they can beat us up. So can you get on the bus and drive? <laughs> And it's like things like that. Although it, it like was like a 30 second incident, I was really shaken by it. I'm like, oh my God, like he probably has kids and a wife somewhere and he's trying to find fight these kids that don't care about their lives. Mm. So it's like just being cautious, like making sure you're always um, aware of your mm. surroundings. Even when walking home, it's getting darker earlier mm. now. Mm. So just making sure you're like walking oh, yeah. around um, lit, um, streets, um, making sure, like me, I don't even like leaving the house. So just staying mm-hmm. home, being safe, not being around, not being alone where possible. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just um, 
put your safety first. Like, mm. don't be fighting no one because um, they, they're going to fight everyone. So you just leave them yeah. to do your thing. I can't do that. Hannah, I Hannah needs to start fighting. Hannah's people. militant. Yeah, but it's, yeah. but it's always like, I've especially... Witnessed <laughs> <laughs> and this is yeah. me being good. Like, I've been trying because I'm always like, oh, my mom. <laughs> like, what would my mom say? So, but I remember another time, people love, I don't know what it is, but... Because I had to, the closest shopping centre was Bromley, blah, blah, blah. Like, I hate going down those areas. People used to love setting their dogs in me, yeah? But it's like, oh. even now, like, I remember I was waiting for the bus. It was West Norwood. It was, and there was a, a Asian woman in hijab with kids, yeah? And some white woman was trying to, like, set her dogs. Rah. And I just stood in front of the dog and I was like, rah, like, what are you going to, like, just, <sighs> and I'm Somali, like, you're no risk dog. of dogs, yeah? <laughs> so I was like, what? This lady just got on the bus and left. So I was there with these people trying to fight them, and I was like, "This isn't even my, my battle to fight." Which is interesting, yeah, because obviously this whole thing was about the yeah, experience yeah, yeah. of being a black Muslim woman. So, like, obviously, I'd maybe like just um, to double down on that question that Patrick asked. Like, mm. what would you want your fellow Muslim women or Muslims in general that are from like? different backgrounds that aren't black, what would you want them to know about, you know, the experience of being a black Muslim woman? Oh, uh, firstly, check your families. Because mm. I don't have time to be, like, checking your uncles and whatever. Because th- th- even the men will be saying horrible things and you're like, raw, like, check, check your uncles and check your family members. And, like, read and learn and check yourselves as well. Because there was this whole... Because you've seen a lot of Somali women in hijabs modelling now. Shout out them. They're doing amazing things. But there was one particular girl, like she was advertising for Uniqlo or something. And some some Asian woman was like, oh, you know, she's not even wearing the hijab properly, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, bruv. Mind your business. Mind, like, you're, you're not, she was like, oh, she's showing her arms. I was like, you're showing your arms in the picture. Like, but you just, it's your anti-blackness that's coming for her. Because mm-hmm. you want to be doing modeling and you want to be doing that. But because they chose a black Muslim model, you've got issues. And people yeah. were getting at her. And it was like, you lot need to check yourselves as well. Mm-hmm. And this, the, the mosque, like, no one's safe. I feel like with the whole Brexit stuff, like, it is scary. But I don't feel like it's anything different, yeah, to be but, honest, from mm-hmm. what I've experienced. Yeah. So it's just like, okay. But nowhere safe. Can we just make the mosque a safe space, please? Like, can you stop shuffling from me when I'm, like, trying to pray next to you? Stop, like, you know? And it's just... And shout out, like, outlets like Amalia and stuff who have been actively trying to get black Muslim women and commissioning them to write and getting them to talk and do bits as well. So I feel like just... Everyone just needs to check themselves and, you know... It's hard, like it's hard out here, mm. and just be nicer to each other. Like. And then I was gonna say one, just because I know we're out of time. One last thing that I want to get into is I remember in school mm-hmm. when I was growing up that there were Africans and then there were Somalis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that something that still? Oh, Tom, let's today? not do this. Like, I know. Is that, no, but, but I, just is that something that's still kind of present today? Like, kind of, there's Africans and then and then Somalis are just like like Separate. there, like yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a double Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sword. So two, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, If that's the right way of saying it. But it's just... It's two-way street. Come and get on Twitter and you're just like, oh, yeah, Somalis ain't... But I was like, again? Yeah. A fucking again? Like, it's just like, why are we still having this conversation? Mm. Um, so it's just... I think, and it is still there. Like, And mm. I check, mm. that's what I'm saying. Like, I do the work of checking my yeah, yeah, yeah. community and my family and be like, you can't say that, you can't do that. And like, educating them because it's like... 
brother, you're black too. Like when you step yeah, out of the house, yeah. you think that people are going to be, be like, oh, yeah. Somali or whatever. You're just, you're black. Just black. Like, On the other side of it though, I think now Somali women are being exotic. Yeah, yeah. I always struggle with this word. Exotic size. Yeah. Exotic size. Yeah. Exotic. I don't know how many rappers have said, oh, big back thing from Somalia. Yeah. <laughs> me um, Boris and Ilib or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? It is like a, a double-edged yeah. thingy. Who started that? You reckon it was Drake that started that? Yankee African 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 African. African. That's probably out of set pace and then mm. since then. But yeah. I, used, I used to get that all the time. Like, yeah. I remember some Jamaican men being like, oh, you know, I like Somali women and they're always covered and, you know, mm. that's my woman. And she's only like naked for me. And I was like, <laughs> I remember I was walking to school and I used to be like, what? And I'm in a buying hijab and they're still chatting. Like, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, okay. I don't feel comfortable with that. It's Jamaican <laughs> uncles, man. Yeah. Genuinely, I'm like, okay. It's not repping. My guys, just be kinder, please. Because yeah. well, like, it's just, it's hard out here. Mm. You know, just extend the hand. Be nice. Yeah. Give each other hugs and that. All of you need love, clearly. Anyway, I do too. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, good note to end on. Yeah, man. Spread the love. Right, well, I'm looking at Tom's. So. Oh, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm just sat here in my seat. Like, oh, Ross, someone else needs to. Okay, yeah, no. Nah, um, Anna Yassine, thank you so much for, for, for sharing your, your, your words of um, wisdom and your experiences today. Thank you so much um, you. for Thanks going for into topics us. that we just can't go into because um, we're just not qualified and it's not our lived experience. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I hope, uh, listeners, you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Um, let us know how you found it. Send us the emails, uh, send us the, the DMs, send us the messages on Twitter and on Insta and, and yeah. Um, you know where to find us by now, but I'll plug it once again. Uh, we should uh, plug them as well, by the way. Yeah. One last time. Before, thank you, thank you, Patrick. Before, we, <laughs> before I end, can, can you, yeah, please plug the outlets, ladies. Yeah, so hit us up on Homegirls Unite on Twitter and on Instagram. I don't know about you. I'm not um, my personal one. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit dodgy. <laughs> if you want some food, come on Chopwell. We're on Instagram, good, good Twitter. Food. We have a website. We're everywhere. So yeah, Chopwell. Sick. And finally, I think, well, sign up to our mailing list, the Over the Bridge podcast mailing list, so that we can get some details about you, so you know who our audience is. We can try to kind of tailor our content for who our listeners are. You can and find that mailing list by the way on Twitter. On Twitter, in the bio. Yeah. Oh no, on Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's our pin tweet. tweet. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet and we'd like doing giveaways and stuff like that. So cool. All right. Thank you. All right, guys.